Okay, so we're speaking last time about the Tzvila of Yitzchak Avinu. And that is the Tzvila we spoke of Yitzchak, the Mira Sadin, when it's decided by the Bess and Shlomala that there should be a certain punishment. And the response to that Tzvila is to Davin Takadish Baruch as the Gibar, as the one who can overcome everything, including the Bess and Shlomala. But there needs to be a reason to do that. If the din was justified, then why should HaKadosh Baruch repeal it? And that's the second part of the Tvil of Yitzchak. It's to appeal to HaKadosh Baruch as the Melech, who can give a pardon, who can overlook the din. But that requires a person to relate Hashem as a Melech. Now if we spoke of Rosh Hashanah, that's why specifically it's called the Tvil of Yitzchak, because that's really our Avod Rosh Hashanah. On the one hand, our Avod Rosh Hashanah, is the avoid of being Mamli Hashem at the same time being as Imamli Hashem so then that's the avoid of asking Kaddish Baruch to over, overlook the findings of the of the base thing, so to speak like we say so that's why the Baruch of Yitzchak on the one hand is Acha Gibor on the other side the Baruch of Yitzchak is Pritzay because the point of Pritzay is Hashem is Avoidah that we want, to, we want to get back the Avoidah, which means we want to reinstate ourselves as Avdeh Hashem. And that's, uh, that's the biggest Kibbutz. The fact that there's a Khurban, the fact that there was a destruction, was a, 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 a decision which Akadish uh, Baruch decided was necessary, and you want to reverse that. That would be the biggest example of Akadish Baruch's it's only going to come up through when we have the avoid. And you can ask for that. Now, what's not so well known is this is a big part of, of the Tefillah of Hanukkah. We don't focus on it so much, but we think about the second half of Hanukkah. We think about the part of Hanukkah, which is about the Hoydus and the Halal to thank Hashem after the effect for the Nais. But if you think about the Tefillah of the Hashmonaim, which they davened when they went into battle, when they decided to wage war in Greece, so it was 100% the Tefillah of Yitzchak. They were in a situation of oppression, they were in a situation of persecution. The result of maybe with Klai Yisrael's rejection of the Avodah, as uh, the Mephoshim right, that was the reason what brought Malchus Yavon to attack the Jewish people. And it needed a Tefillah, it needed a Tefillah to, so to speak, reverse that, that Zaradin, that uh, verdict. And it came through Kaisal's reacceptance of the Avaida. That's why the Rambam writes when Kaisal, the Kaisal specifically, were most nefesh on the Avaida. So then that brought about that change in the, in the, in the area as well. And whereas previously they had been condemned to being, so to speak, subservient to Malchus Yavon, that, that change, that, that brought about the Gola, that brought about the change which reinstated the Avaida. That was the first Amasal Okay, so that's the idea of the Tvila of Yitzhak we spoke about last time. And that is a Tvila when situations of, of a tzar, situations of din. And situations where the point of the Tvila is to build to Hashem, to overlook the verdict, to change it, to grant a royal pardon. And that requires of a person that Tvila is, uh, is submission. We accept Hashem as a Melech, and the Melech, we ask Hashem to act as a Melech. 
The word for Yitzchak's Twitter uh, the Russian always used is Sikha. Sikha uh, is, is the Twitter of this kind of a Twitter. Uh, when the Navi uses the word Sikha, it's used in the context of a person who's, who's looking to, who's crying out from difficulty, from pain, and he's asking Hashem to re- reverse the verdict. For example, the Tefillah of a poor person when he's overcome with whatever status he has and in front of Hashem he pours out his Siach that's the that's Tefillah of the Ani similarly and David talks about his Tzaras when he says uh, when he was in the Ma'ara when he was hiding in a cave and he says Eshwech the font of Sichi so Rasi the font of Agit I'm going to pour out Sichi in my speech but it's really a speech of detailing the predicament that David was in the danger he faced and the, the appeal to Hashem to reverse that Okay, that's what we to speak about the second mode of Twitter. Twitter from a position of din, Twitter from a position of persecution, and the, the style of Twitter is the Twitter of Yitzchak. Now we come to the third style of Twitter. And the third style of Twitter is the Twitter of Yaakov. The Twitter of Yaakov, what was unique about the Twitter of Yaakov? So, there's a certain element which the Twitter of Yaakov is similar to the Twitter of Yitzchak and a certain element where it's different. We had, Twitter, we had Yaakov's Twitter in his last Pasha. When Yaakov hears that his Esau is marching towards him at the head of an army, so he speaks to Hashem. And Yaakov's Twitter to Hashem is an example of, like I said, on the one hand, it has an element of the Twitter of Yitzchak because from a situation that Yaakov was afraid, that Yaakov was uh, fearful of what the, act, the circumstances would bring about. And the Twitter, I don't deserve all the chesed you've done for me. And now, Hashem, please save me from Esau. Why? Because I'm scared. I'm scared he's going to destroy me. So there was an element of Twitter to Yitzhak, for sure. The Twitter Mitaich Tzara. The Twitter Mitaich, a position of being vulnerable and asking Hashem to help him. But there was another point of Twitter as Yaakov also. And this is what's unique about what we call Tfilah's Yaakov, which remains the third kind of Tfilah that we escalate from Kandav in the Tfilah of Yaakov. And that relates to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's title, where we call him Hashem as being Hanayra. Hanayra. Uh, where do we see the fact that Hashem is Naira? So the Gemara in Yom says that when the manifestation of that Midah is the fact that Kadosh will survive. Because without that, how would one uh, sheep survived between 70 wolves and therefore the fact that there's a special anaga of, of, of protecting Klai Yisrael uh, is, a, is a manifestation of what we call HaKadosh Baruch Hu is acting in a way which is narrow. Now, what does that mean? Let's just explain the idea first. And that is, there's a, there's a certain element of tefillah well, let's first put it, there's a certain element of how Hashem runs the world which normally has a certain rules and a certain system with which Hashem runs the world. But when it comes to saving Klai Yisrael, so then the normal way running the world doesn't apply. And if it's going to be necessary to save Klai Yisrael, so then Hashem is going to use a different part, a, a different mahalach, a different system, which if that's going to come into conflict with the way Hashem normally runs the world, so then the system to save Klai Yisrael overpowers the, the regular system of the running of the world. Which means, 
there's no more way that things work up Teva, I'll be the order that Hashem said in the world, I'll be what you call the Sibah Musaiva, which means the normal Mahalikh of what people do and the effects it causes. And as much as that can coincide with the fact that Hashem is guiding Tayyar Shal at will. But if the two are going to come into contradiction with each other, so then there's a, ne- a second Hanhaga Hashem has in the world, and that second Hanhaga, the second way of dealing with the world that HaKadosh Baruch has, is the, the Hanhaga which guides the Jewish people. Hanhaga which guides the Jewish people. And if there's no other way for the two to work together, so then the dominant Hanhaga is going to be the Hanhaga which protects Kali Israel. And even if Alpi Tava, even if there's a normal Mahalak of how things should be, Kali Israel should, should be the one to suffer and even be destroyed, there comes an override. Which is uh, what comes with protects Klai Yisrael is daichi everything else. This is a this is a, a something we already see from the time of Tzitz Mitzrayim, and since then it became Hashem's guarantee to the Jewish people, which He made to the others, really that there will be that strong unhogging in the world, and that protects Klai Yisrael, and that overrides any other unhogging. And this is what Hashem already told the Avinu when he, took him, when he was promising him a child, and Avram asked, not just how I have a child, but how do I know he'll survive? How do I know he'll be a tzaddik? And Hashem's answer to all of that was, he took him outside and he said, I'm taking you above the stars. And that basically means, like the Mephoshim explained, the Bible explained, that there's a certain Anhaga which runs the world, which we refer to as the stars, that, that sets the Anhaga in place. And Hashem told Avram Avinu, the Anhaga regarding Klai Yisrael is coming from a higher place. The Anhaga regarding Klai Yisrael comes from a place which is higher than the stars and therefore it will be a conflict between saving Klai Yisrael and the way the world runs then saving Klai Yisrael becomes the priority now what's that middah? what's that middah? that middah of Hashem and that is that Klai Yisrael are indestructible because when even if it, it would seem that in the natural course of events Klai Yisrael should be destroyed or could be destroyed but the very fact that Klai Yisrael is being threatened is what triggers this higher and higher which HaKadosh Baruch wanted to that to happen. And this is something which uh, our various enemies throughout history have never understood. Because they've understood that as far as the way the world works, then yes, it would be possible to mount a campaign to destroy the Jewish people. And many tried. And they had all the factors in their favor. But uh, why, why it's never worked is because the very fact that they tried to destroy the Jewish people will set in place and hogger that won't make it happen. And as much as they could have planned or predicted that things should have made sense, and uh, as far as humans can, uh, can orchestrate events, or t- then they had the ability to destroy Klai Yisrael. Think of Haman and think of others like him. Very, the, that itself would mean it's impossible. Because that, the, the fact when Klai Yisrael as a whole is being threatened brings about a Hanhaga that will, will prevent that happening. That's what we call Naira. And let me explain. Naira means something which is awe-inspiring. What does the term mean? What does the term mean? When a person is in awe of something, is when a person, so to speak, comes to confront something which is more powerful than them. When I'm in the, in the, in the presence of something which I feel is more powerful than I am, there's a certain sense of Naira. Something which is, I'm afraid of because something which I feel that, I, that it's, it's, it's strength exceeds mine, I can't, I'm not a match, I can't fight this. And that was the gili of the protection of Klai Yisrael. That's what we call Naira. Naira is because anybody who confronted that felt that this is a force which is stronger than any other force. And as much as I'll be Teva and I'll be human strength and I'll be human planning, we could have destroyed the Jewish people, 
But that itself brings a force to, to the table which that's unconquerable. And remember the fact that Kaya shall survive. How can one sheep survive the 70 wolves? Means Alpi Tava, a sheep doesn't stand a chance with one wolf, never mind 70. But Alpi Tava, that's why the wolves think they can eat the sheep. But the re- as soon as they try, then a skeeter suddenly, there's a special protection for the sheep, the wolves will die. That, that's, that's something which doesn't make sense. And when the wolf feels that some, the sheep, which should be stronger than, suddenly has this power which overcomes me, so then there's a certain area. This is something I can't deal with. This is something which is above my ability to confront. And that's the middle which is misguided whenever it comes to Kaisha might be destroyed. That's, uh, that, that's uh, what Yishai meant when he said the Pasuk. Hashem hides. And he has things to happen in his world without taking an obvious hand in planning things. He hides behind what people do and he plans things in a way which is inconspicuous. Or if it's going to be the K Yisrael Moshiach, if it's going to be Hashem who has to save Kla Yisrael, then it's going to be open. Then it's going to be open. And there were times, like I said, in history where that was the situation. And things happen completely unpredictably because there is that element of Eleke Yisrael Moshiach. The Rakadish Baruch, if needed to save Kla Yisrael, is going to override the natural order. He will. He will. And it's, uh, even though it doesn't work with the way the world works, it doesn't make a difference. That becomes a, a more dominant Mahanhag in Hashem's brief. Just as an aside, uh, this isn't the topic I want to go into now, just as an aside, just to bring up this point. I want the opportunity to. I was teaching us, I may have to speak to uh, Balchuva, who had been an officer in the American Army. And he had trained uh, to be an officer in West Point. That's the American Army Training College. And after the. So we're talking. And he said that one of the things he majored in in West Point was in military strategy. And the colonel who was giving the lecturer, so he said, we're going to look at all the battles of the 20th century, and we're going to explain in each battle the strategy that was used and how effective it was and how well it was carried out in the battlefield. So they went to the Second the First World War and the Second World War and the Korean War and the Vietnam War, and they went through and each one they learned the strategies of the generals involved and exactly what was... What was uh, the points that would, one could pick up a successful military strategy from the various generals throughout the century. So this person at the time was Jewish but completely unaffiliated. He, at the end of the course, he went to the professor, and he, this colonel, and he said to him, I see you've consistently left out the Israeli wars. There were, there were a number of major wars fought there, so why can't we learn their strategy? And this non-Jewish professor said to him, he said, I know I left them out. Because I have no strategy to teach you, the whole world didn't make sense. There's no, there's no policy I can point to that said this is something worthwhile doing. What they did made no sense, and that the fact that they won made no sense. So there's no military strategy that I can, I can learn from them. It was something which didn't make any sense in military terms. And that's uh, brought this person to start coming back to Chava. But the point is true. When Akadosh Baruch takes the hand in saving Klai Yisrael, and it doesn't have to make sense. And it doesn't have to be a, a mahalach which we can see. But when people sometimes even then it's under the cover of uh, what seems to be military success sometimes like in the Gulf War it's, it's, it's completely not connected to military success and nevertheless it's still completely miraculous but the side of the middle you know we call the middle of Naira the point I'll take the questions afterwards now that side, the idea of the middle of Naira that's what's unique about Yaakov's Tvila the Tvila of Yaakov Avino is a Tvila coming from that point and that is that if you don't save me, I'm going to be destroyed. Then Yahweh be kindly aim al Because if you don't save me, Hashem, then Aesop is going to destroy me. 
which means the future of Klai Yisrael is on the line already. And if the future of Klai Yisrael is on the line, that brings about the Hanhaga. And Yaakov says, I don't deserve it. Katanti. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve the Hatzalah. It's not because I don't need this. But because that this is going to, in the ace of the attack, is going to risk the entire Jewish people, so then they're coming to you with the Tvila of what you call Neira, which means that that Hanhaga, which is a more powerful Hanhaga than the normal Hanhaga we try in the world, Bring that into the and bring that to the to the top to the table. Hatzilenina, because Penyamev Yikani Emal Banim, and what Hakadosh Baruch Hu does is in the in the Midrash exactly what method Hashem used. But either way around, it wasn't something which was predictable. Esav definitely had the military upper hand. He had four hundred soldiers against Yaakov, who was just surrounded by four wives and eleven kids. There's no way that in a normal war Yaakov would have won. What actually happened? Was it that Esau suddenly uh, felt no interest, uh, felt compassion, decided I don't want to fight, which was completely out of character for him, or that he actually did try to bite Yaakov's neck, like the other pain in the Chazal, and he broke all his teeth, which is also obviously miraculous. Whatever the case was, there was a certain intervention which prevented Esau attacking Yaakov. It never came to a war. It never came to a war. Yaakov met Esau on the battlefield, and Esau didn't fight. So there's a certain element here of something which isn't logical, and that's a, that's a manifestation of that middle. Later. And same thing we find later on. After Yaakov's sons, Shimon and Levi, destroy Shechem. So Yaakov was not happy about it. And he said, oh, and you must say now you're, you're taking out a city of the Canaan and they're going to think we're trying to conquer them. Exactly the same thing. They're going to come, they're going to gather together, they're going to wipe me out. And we see nothing happens. Nothing happens. You think, well, Yaakov was paranoid. Is worried for nothing? The answer is no. The Pesach says, There was a fear Hashem imposed on all those around them, and that stopped them running after Bnei Yaakov. In natural terms, Yaakov was 100% right. There should have been a reprisal attack. There should have been a united army who was coming to avenge Shem. It didn't happen because Hashem sent a special fear from Hashem that no one was too, everyone was too scared to stand up. That's the Naira. That's the Naira. That's that middle which when when Klai Yisrael is being threatened, so that's the middle which comes to the t- which comes to pl- to play. Don't ask him what did. Don't ask him No, for sure not. It doesn't mean the right thing. But even if it's not the right thing, when Klai Yisrael is threatened, Hashem is going to save us. Why um, isn't the Medrash quote like the crazy amounts of wars that happened after that? If you look at the that there is a Midrash like that, and even according to that Midrash, it's even bigger next. Look at the amount of people that they killed. It doesn't have to be. That means listen. Not always. Not always that the attacker get killed from trying. Sometimes it happens. But that's a, that's an extra schlusschlusschleischleifter. Right. Sometimes yes. Yeah, sometimes not. But again, when it happens, it's because we deserved it. We can talk about. It, we can always talk about the Purim time. But uh, okay. So that's the first point. The Midrash and What's the bracha of of Yaakov? And that's Atta Kodesh. And we're explaining now the, the, the reason for the middle. The reason for the middle is because since Hashem is Kodesh, He wants Kodeshim to, 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 to daven to Him, to, to serve Him. And only Klayashal has a privilege. Which means, it's basically, if it's a, a question of Klayashal's survival or the world, Klayashal is going to come first. And the, 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 the survival of Klayashal is going to push aside the normal hog of the world. That's the source that we have, that we're in a position that we're more important, so to speak. 
we look at what Hashem is interested in, and we matter that overrides any other anything else in the world. And for, that's how, from our point of view. We look at it from we we fortunate to be the Kedoshim. From the world's point of view, it's Naira. Kaisal is not touchable. Because you see that they as much as we can try, we aren't able to touch them. So they see it from the outside, they see the fear, so to speak, or the, or the what's all inspiring about the fact that there's a certain something here which is not explainable but also unbreachable. And from our point of view, we see it as our privilege that that we that we Kedoshim. Originally, Yerushalayim was like that. Originally, the people thought Yerushalayim was unattackable. People tried, the greatest generals of their times, waged one Yerushalayim and all lost. And everyone thought Yerushalayim was unconquerable. Because the Midrash originally applied to Yerushalayim. That the Noir was that Yerushalayim was unconquerable. Until HaKadosh Baruch at the time of the Khurban decided that the Midrash is going to apply to Jewish people, not to the place. And then Yerushalayim could get breached. Like the Apostles, no one ever believed it was possible. People thought it was impossible. Yishalayim is un- Why? You don't have big enough armies? Big enough armies tried. Big enough armies failed. They felt that there was something unique about Yishalayim that it was unbreachable. And the Khurban showed us that no, it wasn't Yishalayim. It was Klai Yisrael. Yishalayim can get breached and Yishalayim can be destroyed. But Klai Yisrael can't be destroyed. And that's what changed. Originally, at the time of the Khurban and the Vim at the time, they don't want to say Neira. They said the whole Naira was that people felt that level of there's a special Anhaga which is overrides everything else in the Bria. And now look, the Shalim got destroyed. And the Gemara says, the Anshak Nesak Gladys brought it back. And they said, Nairosav is not in the Bria Snidash. Nairosav is on Klal Yisra. That's where that Anhaga applies. That there's the one, the one sheep between the 70 wolves which can't be destroyed. That shows the Smith of Naira. Yeah. We look closer. Hashem is Kadosh, and He wants Kadoshim to, to, to serve Him. And therefore, we the Kadoshim, Hashem is interested in protecting us as the ones who are serving Him. Kadoshim is Kadosh. But Hashem wants people Kadosh to serve Him because He's Kadosh. How do we define Kadosh? What's Rabbi's definition? In the context, we'll explain Kadosh as connected to spirituality. Yeah. Why do they need to switch? Maybe Yushalayim would take by its inhabitants. And then the inhabitants needed to leave, so the protection left you. Worked the us. other way around. The city got destroyed, and then they dragged the inhabitants to the bubble and chains. Was there a point when Yushalayim identified as Kalisrol, so it would be destroyed? Was like Kalisrol taking destroyed? That's what the, and told the Chorban. That's exactly what it was. And so, what changed that? What separated us from Kalisrol from Yushalayim? What's that connected to us? Exactly what we said before. When the Besamish lost its kedusha. The Besamish is. So when the Beis Hamidrash lost its Kedusha, so then it wasn't the part of what had to be protected as a Mokum Kedusha anymore. You mentioned that Yaakov's Tulas aspect of <coughs> I would think, I mean, with Yaakov being Tiferes, we should be uniting Kavura with Chesed. Is that what Nora is? Um, if so, why is there an emphasis on Kavura going into Nora? Uh, why wouldn't it be both? Uh, or, or why that at all? The, the circumstances of Yaakov's Tvila are the circumstances of a tefillah to save Klai Yisrael. And that's a, a part of our tefillah also. Whether it's in times of when we feel Klai Yisrael is being threatened for whatever reason, or even to bring about the Geula of Klai Yisrael. So all the tefillahs of that nature are tefillahs which are directed for Klai Yisrael, that's a tefillah of Yaakov. That's something which is beyond the individual's din, or what we spoke about beforehand, beyond the, the cheshman which applies to the person as, as the yachid, and if he's being judged or being punished. This is a tefillah which for which is going to 
so to speak, work to to protect Klal Yisrael and save Klal Yisrael. That, that's the Tefillah of Yaakov. And when, as I said, when Yaakov davens, that's the, that's the uniqueness of Yaakov's Tefillah. We're also going to explain why that's the Tefillah of Marif, as Hashem will still get there, why that's the Hanogah of the Nighttime. That, uh, that needs a, spe- a specific Tefillah. Well, yeah, in Stan's question, we'll talk about that next. Yeah. Can explain why this is MS? I want to explain first what Nehra is. What everyone else knows about Yaakov, we'll talk about later. Yeah. It, it seems like the Nora we're talking about is quite similar to uh, Gevura. I mean, Gevura is Hashem overcoming himself to, uh, to overcome Nidisadin, to overcome Teva, etc., in order to bring something out, which is Tia Mason, which is the ultimate, bring back the Jewish people. We're, we didn't really change all that much to get the Nora. So, as I said, it's built on the Tvila of Yitzchak, but it's something which is an extra factor. And that is, it's built on the schus of protecting Klai Yisrael. It's built on the schus of this is Klai Yisrael's, uh, Klai Yisrael's survival. Is that, that's, that's Hashem's uh, foremost priority. And it's built on the Tefillah around the fact that this is, so to speak, a Tefillah for, uh, for the, for the giving of that protection of Klai Yisrael. The first one's called Magin Avram. I would think there's nothing more protection of Klai Yisrael than Magin Avram. So we're going to talk about that also. We're talking about the three levels. Uh, this was originally of Tachamet Avram, like I said, Hashem talking about from the stars. But there's a Melech, Oizer, or Moshiach, or Magen. And it's true, Oizer is connected to the first three spoke about the of Avram, Moshiach is connected to the of Yitzchak, and Magen is connected to the of Yaakov. 100%. The Tvil of Yaakov is the Magen, that, that's, that's the shield. That's the protection for Klai Yisrael. It's, it's flipped, because Abraham is Magen Avram. No, I'll again. The promise was made to Avram. The promise that Hashem is going to be the one to protect you was made to Avram. The one who utilized that in Tefillah was Yaakov. Avram never needed to daven for that because he was never in a situation where he was threatened with extinction. That was even before. Way before. Urkastim was long before Hashem made Avtacha Tavram he's going to save Klai Yisrael. Urkastim and Avram didn't daven to be saved. Exactly the opposite. Avram was very happy to give up his life for Kiddush Hashem. Also, Yitzchak was very happy to give up his life for Kiddush Hashem. We don't find Yitzchak Davin not to be a carbon. On the contrary, he wanted to be a carbon. Right, because of Yitzchak's mysterious nevich. Yitzchak was happy to go ahead with it. So that's the that's the that's that's the la- the lineup of the the different kinds of Twitter. And like we said at the beginning, the circumstances can change. There'll be times when Klaishal are living at the time of Chesed and the right Twitter is the Twitter of Avram. The times when Klaishal individually. Or dealing with misyanus, or dealing with punishment, and the right fit is the fit of Yitzchak. And at times when Klal are collectively facing a facing a threat, and then the right fit is the fit of Yaakov. The obvious question is, why does it need a fit? If we say that there is this hanhog in the world, the Klal can never be destroyed. So why, why does it need a fit? It should be something which is a self-starter. It should be automatic. That when when Klal gets threatened, this should come into come come into play. And the answer is, and this is an important part of the Tefillah of Yaakov, and that is, Klaus will be saved. You can be guaranteed of that. But I want to be part of the Klaus Yisrael's being saved. And if that's the case, my Tefillah of the Tefillah of Yaakov is that I should be part of the Klaus Yisrael that's going to survive. Because the fact that Klaus Yisrael will never get destroyed is a guarantee, and we don't have to dive in for that. But how much of Klaus Yisrael? Who's going to be part of the, the survivors of Klaus Yisrael? So that's the Tefillah. The Tefillah is that Koyach of presenting Klaus Yisrael should apply to me too. I also should be saved as, an, as among the ranks of Klai Yisrael. And we see Yaakov had this plan originally. Yaakov wanted, originally wanted to split 
into two camps. Because he said, definitely, it's definitely one to destroy both. But if he destroys the one, the other one will escape. So Yaakov already knew that it's impossible. It's impossible that will get destroyed. I'll say two camps, one will have to survive. But the Tvila, the Tvila was with, we want all of us to be the part of the Kali who survives. That's a bad battle strategy. If you knew that everyone was going to survive anyway, you should have just kept them all together. In the end, that's what he did. We, never, we don't find there were two camps. That was the plan originally. And then after he davened, and he felt that Tfilah had had its effect, he had no reason to split them into two camps anymore, because he felt we were all going to survive. And so they, therefore, when Esau comes, Yaakov is there, the mother, the Shvat, the Imoy is there, the Shvatim, the Ebron, who's in the second camp, the sheep? No, they ever came together, because Yaakov decided after Tfilah, so Tfilah was miscarable, there was no need for it anymore. Was it Tfilah, or was it him defeating the angel of Esau? The angel of Esau was as a result of the Tfilah. It was like, I just broke a shirt, and Tfilah was miscarable. So that's that's the Tvil of Yaakov. We still have to explain this for Hashem when we develop the Tvilas more. But when we spoke about the three uh, first brachas, we speak about the three last brachas. And let's just look for a moment about Sim Shalom. Because Sim Shalom is a bit of an enigma. Because we think about the first three brachas as praise of Hashem, the middle brachas as requests, and the last three brachas as, as thanks. Which needs a, which needs a better Sfarah, because maybe Moedim is thanks. say maybe. We ask Hashem to accept our Tvila. But Sim Shalom just seems to go back to requests again. So why, why does Sim Shalom come at the end? It should be somewhere in the middle. We just made a new list of requests. So there's two answers, and they're both parts of the same idea. The one is, the, there's two emphases on Sim Shalom. We don't just ask for a lot of things. We ask for two primary points, which bring with them a lot of side benefits. The one is, We're asking for something new. We want Ha'aras Ponim. So to speak, Hashem shines His face towards us. We'll still, we'll still explain when you get to what that means. But we said, because when that happens, that brings all our brothers with us. So that's the one for It's not just asking for the Rechim Chaim and the Shalom. It's asking for our Aspanim. That's a new level. And then the second point, which makes Sim Shalom unique, is we ask Hashem to bless Kla Yisrael, not just us. It's a, it's a bracha for Amcha Yisrael. And the idea is, and if we want to be part of Amcha Yisrael, because as part of Amcha Yisrael, then we get all these brachas, because Hashem is the Mavarechis Amcha Yisrael Bashanim. And that's unique. Because even though we mention the Rabbim many times for Shmona Yisrael, but yet it's the focus of the bracha. Right. We, other times also we mention Kla Yisrael and the brachas, but yet it's the focus. We ask Hashem, Mavarechis Amcha Yisrael. We want you to bless Kla Yisrael, and because you're the one who blesses Kla Yisrael. When we say Rafay Khaila Ma Yisrael, we're talking about the concept of Rafa Ainu. And help us all Makish say no because you're because you're the one who's the Rafa of Khal Yisrael. But we don't ask Hashem to Mirapi Khal Yisrael. Over here we the the Bakosha, the request of the Brah is Yisrael. The request the Varakhazam Khisrael. Is that Kayak of Khal Yisrael? And that Kayak of Khal Yisrael is a Kayak of Yaqab Avinu. That that was his tfilah. And they made it, that's what we come back to at Tim Shalom as well. On the one hand, we bring that, that, that koyach, the noira, into the, into, into the picture. And at the same time, the result of that is the, the, the special hug of this with Klai Yisrael. Just one more word on this. In the Tfilah of Rosh Hashanah, is the one time here where we expand the Atal Kodesh. And now, what's the focus of the expanded Atal Kodesh in Rosh Hashanah? Klai Yisrael. V'chein ten kovad Hashem la'amecha. V'chein tzadikim yiravi yismachu. Hashem, I'll call myself back to Hartzion. 
And the focus is that what you're going to do is how it's going to help Klai Yisrael. The fact that Hashem is going to be the Melech, we know that. We know, we know Hashem is the King, we know you have all the power. What we're asking for is, when you bring that into the world, do it in a way which puts Klai Yisrael on the pedestal. And that is the place, you go back to the place again. You're going to rule the whole world, where from? Yishlaim Yerkechecho. It will bring the Nehru back to Yishlaim again. And that's exactly the point we wanted to get to. And that is that, uh, that manifestation of the Midah, which right now only plays out when Klaus was threatened with extinction, in the time of the Gola, that Nehru will be felt by everybody. Not because we're being threatened, but because people naturally realize that there's a certain connection, there's a certain level of Hashem's interaction with Klaus which overrides everything else. As we ask Hashem to, to, to reveal, that the whole world should be able to see that, that, you, that Midas and Nehru. Not that it should be revealed through the Haman who tries to destroy us and says he can't. It should be revealed through the manifestation of Hashem's Malchus when he shows Klai Yisrael special. When he shows Yishalayim is taken again as the seat of his royalty. Whatever, that, that, that's the, the other side of the Gilui, the revelation that Midas and Nehru. Do we answer why it's Hoda? Do we answer why it's a, um, part of the Mogim prayers? So I said, so the last three brachas aren't individual requests. The last three brachas are summing up the point of Tefillah. And we want to spend each one when we get to them, why, they, why that's an integral point of Tefillah, which we need to conclude with. But what I wanted to say about Smisholam is that it's connected this bracha. It's the Tefillah for Klai Yisrael, it's not the Tefillah for the individual. Why can't we stick a bracha considered Hodah? No, it's fine. It's a shame. We have to long to learn about that. When we get to Smisholam, we'll see inside exactly why this is the closest to the brachas. So, there's more to talk about also, but at least uh, I think we'll stop there now and explain, uh, explain the idea of what Nehru means and why it's a, what is really the promise to Avram. It's Hashem's Mogan, it's Hashem's shield. It's indestructible, but really it was a Tefillah which was davened by Yaakov. And uh, we can explain more about this by Hashem in the Tefillah as we go through the brachas. When we get to Atta Kodesh, we'll see much more depth than what this idea of Nehru means. Oh, so we're not even going to 